Hi, I'm Jerry Grant, and this is a series of programs we're calling Disc Jockey Confidential here on WVUD and WVUD HD1 Newark, the voice of the University of Delaware. I'm interviewing some of my fellow VUD jocks to find out what path they took to arrive here at the radio station. We'll discuss their earliest experiences with music and radio and how those experiences inform their own show currently on WVUD. Today, my guest is Ken Galvin, the longtime host of the Classic Rock Cafe, heard on Wednesday afternoons here on WVUD. Ken, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on, Jerry. Oh, thanks for coming down. I appreciate it. Why don't you give us just a little thumbnail of uh, what your show's about? Um, well, my show's on Wednesday afternoons here on WVUD from 1 to 3 p.m. It's called the Classic Rock Cafe, um, where I like to say I like to serve up at least over 50 years of rock and roll. I like to give a variety uh, which you don't hear much anymore elsewhere, but uh, I like to cover like the 60s, 70s, 80s, and I even like to play some newer stuff from the 90s and the 2000s. And uh, what I do is try to place, even if I play some newer stuff, it uh, kind of would have to fit in with maybe some of the sound of the older bands mm-hmm. um, because there is a lot of new rock and roll that doesn't really fit with the classic style, but I just like to give a variety. Because growing up, you know, I guess uh, back in the, 70s and 80s and stuff, you know, you know, years ago, it seems like radio stations used to have variety, more variety, but nowadays everybody's just sticking with two or three decades. And with me, I like to stretch it out because I, I like older stuff as well as newer stuff. Well, let's see. Why don't you tell us where were you bred and born? I, I'm from Claymont, Delaware. I lived in Claymont just about my entire life. Love being in Delaware. You know, it has a lot of great things and people and stuff course here a great radio station which i really enjoy being at and mixing with the community and uh, try to mix in with some of the students though my show when it's in the afternoon i don't really get a chance to see students much how about why don't you tell us where, where you went to school um well i graduated not too far from here i had quite a ride from claymont down here i went to hudsonville tech graduated in uh, 1989 uh, june 1st of 1989. We were the first full-time graduating class. Hodgson was just a part-time school before that, so I had my academics and uh, my shops. Um, I ended up taking horticulture. Uh, They were supposed to have a radio program. Uh, They were talked about it, but they never really got into it. I have always had interest in radio, loved listening to radio growing up, so I stuck with horticulture. Tell us about growing up. Was there music in your house? Like, did did anybody play an instrument in your house? No. You know, nobody played any instruments or anything like that. I basically get my love for music from my dad, my stepmom, my birth mom, and my stepdad. Uh, I live with my dad and my stepmom, and uh, I had some brothers. And, of course, we exchanged, you know, some groups and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's where I got my love for music. Was the radio on in the house when you were little? Uh, yeah, my dad had the radio on um, quite a bit. And, you know, when riding around in the car and stuff, of course, uh, you know, listening to radio, being that I'm from Claymont, you know, listening to stuff from the Philadelphia and uh, Wilmington area. I guess back in, I want to say the middle, late 70s, I got my first radio for my birthday or Christmas. Can't remember right now, but mm-hmm. uh, it was an AM radio. And then later on, moved on up into... AM and FM, you know, as a kid, you know, having an AM radio, I used to listen to the old station that's no longer on in Wilmington, and they did um, Top 40 
somewhat light, light rock and what have you. Um, the well, old yeah. whams. Whams, sure. Yes. Oh, yeah, we all listen to whams at, at some point, I think. And uh, that's what I listened to. And then and then hanging around with my dad and stuff, of course, uh, he listened to a lot of rock. You know, the old stations like IOQ when they were rock and roll and MMRYSP type of things growing up. And, you know, I even listened to some Top 40. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have a radio strong enough to pick up our station back in the 70s and 80s, back when we were WXDR, but um, I didn't really start getting us until like the late uh, 90s, because you know they started making radios better and stronger. Um, right. Yeah, I, I like flicking around, just listening to the radio stations, and even as a kid, not only did I just listen to radio, but I tried to figure out different formats, listen to how DJs talked and how they presented songs and things like that. I really enjoyed that. Do you have any specific memories of whams, like the disc jockeys or the, or anything like that? Or um, not off the top of my head, you know. Just mm-hmm. um, I think more on the FM side. I would remember listening to DJs like Ed Shockey, who's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Um, he's worked at various radio stations in Philadelphia. A guy who I really love, and I call him my role model on radio. I still listen to him today, and he's been in Philadelphia since 1981. Came from San Francisco. I speak of Pierre Robert from WMMR. I uh, really enjoyed listening to him, uh, learning things from him. He's very knowledgeable with music. Uh, their station, they do play more newer stuff, but Pierre likes to get into some of the older stuff sometimes. And uh, I get a lot of my knowledge from listening to him and various other um, DJs. Because uh, when I do my show, I have a different theme each week. And some things I just play you know, just some groups that I like to hear. But a lot of times I'll do different, like, birthday salutes or when some albums have special anniversaries, I like to reflect on that as well. Is Pierre Robert still at, at WMMR? Yes, he is. Uh, he started November 19th, 1981, and he's still there. And what's amazing is DJs like him, there aren't a whole lot of radio stations that have DJs that's been around for 30-plus years, uh, a lot of DJs move on to other careers. You know, it's 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 just sure. amazing, you know, how time moves on. Radio stations change formats, and, of course, they change their air staff and stuff. But like I said, Pierre's been there since uh, 1981. I really look up to him. Have you ever met him? Oh, yes. I met him uh, for the first time uh, back on July 16th. It was a Friday, July 16th of 1999. And the reason why I remember that so well is because— at that time, I was doing the Meals on Wheels program in Newcastle. I was working, and uh, I was listening to him at work. And I was on vacation the week before, just hanging out out back in my pool. And I heard he was uh, going to be in the Wilmington area on Friday. And at that particular time, he was doing town tours. So he was coming to Wilmington. So we got down a little early that day. So I got in town around noontime, and I met him in person there. I got to meet him a couple times before uh, at the radio station up there, I was invited by another guy who i uh, grown to like. His name is Marcus. He started as a producer for uh, a guy named Dee Snyder, who some of you may know. Uh, he was part of the band called Twisted Sister. Right. He was a league singer. Well, I was talking to Marcus one Saturday because uh, he had a weekend show of his own for a while. Actually, it was on a Sunday. And I told him a little bit about myself and that I was a DJ here at WVD, and he thought it was great and uh he was one of the first ones to ever invite me up there to the station and uh i went up there around christmas time and took a tour of the station and then i saw pierre one of my big memories of seeing him was on uh my birthday november the 26th of 2008 
I actually got to do my very first interview outside the WVD studios, thanks to Steve Kramart, our manager here. I got to interview Eric Brazilian of the Hooters. Oh, wow. And uh, the show was at the Electric Factory. My friend Mike gave me a ride up there. I took my recorder and I borrowed our uh, digital thing that we have here. Of course, being that I'm visually impaired, uh, for those who don't know, Mike had to work the digital things since I can't see the different things you have to do with it. But I recorded it on tape and he recorded on the thing, but there was a little malfunction, so that didn't work. But good thing I had the tape, so Steve got to record the, uh, copy the information, put it in our system here, and uh, put it on a disc for me. Oh, that's great. Like I said, it was my very first ever interview outside the studios at WVUD. And of course, I was a little nervous, but... Um, I didn't have any questions pre-planned. I just went on as I went along, and uh, Eric was very nice. I got to meet Rob. I got to see the show that night. Uh, Tommy Conwell and the Young Rumblers opened up. Wow. I know Tommy Conwell personally. My friend John Hannum, his brother Jimmy Hannum, plays drums for them. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. I remember. I know Tommy, too, and I I knew all the, the original Rumblers there, yeah. Yeah, so um, cool. that, that was a great experience for me. Yeah, it was one of my biggest highlights here at the radio station. Oh, that's great. I'm thinking back to when I met Eric Brazilian. I used to own a record store in Newark many, many years ago. And one time the Hooters came to promo a, a new album they had out. And we set up a table and there was an in-store and people were coming up and having their records get signed by Eric and Rob. And they were they were very much uh, gentlemen about the whole thing. And it was fun to meet them. And of course, yeah, for our listeners, we should say the Hooters were big locally. They wrote some great songs. And one of them, Rob and Cindy Lauper co-wrote Time After Time, uh, which turned out to be a big hit for Cindy Lauper. And was kind of a big hit for other people, too. It's been Yes, really, it's and the Hooters backed up her first album, for those who don't know that either. And her big song, uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, was written by another former Philadelphia star. Uh, he's sadly no longer with us. That would be Robert Hazard of Robert Hazard and the Heroes. Yes, he did. And he also had, We're Riding on the Escalator of Life. Do you remember that one? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And I found that album recently. Actually, my friend Mike Thornton had it, and uh, I was glad to get it. It's, uh, it's called Out of the Blue, and Escalator Life's on there. You know, I, I, that's one of the things I liked about, uh, you know, stations like WMMR. Back in the 80s and stuff, they spotlighted a lot of local music, and they put it in their regular rotation, which a lot of radio stations don't do. You know, they played stuff like Robert Hazard. Um, Baru Review, which is another Philly band, big band, Tommy Conwell and the Young Rumblers, and I'm um, sure there were many, many others. And of course, you know, I also, being from listening to radio from my dad, you know, he listened to a lot of like YSP, MMR, and IOQ back when they used to be a rock station. That's where uh, that's where Shockey ended up, wasn't it, IOQ? Yes, Ed Shockey, actually, um, it's funny because uh, usually in January uh, is the anniversary when we lost Ed Shockey. I had the greatest opportunity I called him back when he worked at MMR back in the 90s uh, for a brief time. He actually started at Freeform Radio. Uh, he graduated from Temple. He worked at uh, 105.3 DAS when they were Freeform uh, back in the late 60s. He worked at MMR back in the early 70s, went to IOQ in the mid-70s, at YSP back when they were Classic Rock in the 80s. Then he went to MGK before he passed away. I didn't know that he wasn't originally from Philly, but I think he was from New York, but uh, spent most of his career uh, in Philadelphia radio. Plus, he has also done uh, interviews, special radio specials of uh, various groups and artists nationally. 
Right. He uh, he broke a lot of artists in, uh, out of field. I mean, he was early on Springsteen, and he was early on Billy Joel. And, and Yes. I think Yes. There was another band, too. Yes. Oh, the band Yes. 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 I thought you were agreeing with me, but you're yes. right. Well, I'm yes. agreeing with you, too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, right, exactly, exactly. He was, But, yeah, he's another one of my role models. I never met him in person, but I'm glad I had a chance to talk to him. But him and Pierre were probably my biggest influence in radio. Let's go back to your to your schooling here and your earliest memories of, of music. Did you ever take any music lessons or anything? Um, no, I did have a guitar. I think my mom and dad got me one year for Christmas. They never had any lessons or anything like that. My friend John tried to teach me some chords and never really got into it, right. um, though I love guitars and like to learn how to play electric. But sometimes I get together with my friend Mike Boswell, who I mentioned a lot of times on my radio show. I call him Mike Bozzi. Um, I had him actually in the studio a few times. Uh, he played live. Uh, he was in a couple of bands, and he has a band called Top Loader now, but uh, when he was in his band Wreckage, I had him in the studio with a couple of band members. Sometimes when I get together with Mike, we'll go to his house, he'll play guitar, and he's got a djembe. I could play a little djembe, which is kind of like a, it sounds like a you know smaller drum type of thing. Oh, Okay. Okay. I want to say like bongos. That's the word I'm looking for. Right. They sound right. a little like bongos. So I can play that a little bit. Oh, cool. So you mentioned earlier that you were visually impaired. Where'd you go to school? Well, I graduated from Hudsonville Tech. Uh, I did get some help in DVI, Division for the Visually Impaired. And um, they had a lot of my materials put in Braille uh, for me. And I also had help being that I'm also hearing impaired. I had help from the DeafBlind program. I had somebody that was helping me with that. Uh, with my materials in Braille. Okay. And it, going through high school, remembering, going through the hallways and stuff, being that I, I was a Braille reader, the Braille books are bigger, and I had to carry around a 10-pound Braille writer. So you can imagine what that was like going through school. Oh, yeah. um, so I went to Hots in there, other schools I have gone to. I did go to Gawker for a couple of years for 7th and 8th grade. I went to Dolly Road Elementary. I did go to Shortledge in Wilmington, and that school has a lot of... They did it back in the 70s and stuff in the 80s, uh, kids with uh, other disabilities. And I was with a class of blind and visually impaired uh, kids, and that's where I started to learn Braille. I had to learn it more when I started at Dolly Road because one day I was doing a math paper. And back then, uh, when I could read, I was reading dark, large print, and I was trying to do a math page, and my teacher had done it with black magic marker on yellow paper, and one day I was having problems reading, so um, I had to learn Braille, uh, my eyesight. I was born visually impaired. My mom had rubella, German measles when I was born. Uh, I was born in 1967. Uh, I am deaf in my right ear. I had trouble with pronunciation sometimes with my left ear, and come to find out, I found out that people that have good hearing had trouble with that sometimes. I have troubles with my T's sometimes, P's or B's or D's, mm -hmm. you know, and I know people who have perfect hearing have that problem too. Tell us how you actually ended up here at WVUD. I used to do the Meals on Wheels program in Newcastle. Um, mm -hmm. I actually started working at a place called the Campus Garden Cafe, which was on the ground at the uh, Delaware State Hospital in Newcastle. Okay. I started there on uh, November 27th of 1989. I told people, yeah, I got myself a birthday present that year. I was working. Um, <laughs> now, granted, I was a few years older than most kids because uh, the very first school I started at, which Bush School, was for 
kids with severe handicaps and stuff. When my stepmom got married to my dad um, back in 1976, she was trying to find a way to get me out of that school because I wasn't retarded or anything like that or mentally challenged. I guess she found help to get me out of that school and into uh, other schools where I work with uh, visually impaired and blind kids and uh, sighted kids. Like I said, back in the 90s, I was doing the Meals on Wheels program, and I actually ran a cash register for a few years at the Campus Garden Cafe. Uh-huh. Uh, they served people on the campus uh, who worked there, and people were coming in for meetings and stuff. I had a talking cash register program with all the items that I had, and what my customers used to do is just tell me what they had. Then I would punch it in the machine, and I had a bill identifier, which beeps. So I did that for a few years, and I did the Meals on Wheels program. And then when we lost the contract back in 1999, my last day working there was November 12th of 99. I wasn't doing anything for a while. I heard about our station here. And like I said, I ended up getting a radio that uh, could pick up WVUD. I always had interest in getting in radio. So I was looking around and I was talking to my VR counselor and stuff with DVI. And they were the ones say, let, me just say, let me just interrupt and say DVI is the Division for the Visually Impaired. Yes, the correct? Division for the Visually Impaired, yes. Right. My uh, voc rehab um, worker, right. uh, counselor, uh, was helping me with that kind of stuff. And what had happened was I found a number for the station, and I called, and I talked to the secretary at the time, Alice Robert. Oh, yeah. And I met with her and Chuck Tarver who was my first manager here at WVD, and he was here for a long time. And in 2000, I believe it was, I came down here, I want to say it was around the summertime, came down, got the handbooks, and back then they did have the handbooks in print, and I got a couple of them. So I took them to my counselor at DVI, Division for Divisionally Impaired, mm-hmm. and they put it in Braille for me. And what I did is I studied the handbooks, and I took the test in December of that year. I came here, and I didn't want to do it verbally. I wanted to do it uh, on my own with the Braille. So I had the test put in Braille, took my time, brailed it up, and then I had it transcribed back into print. You know, I talked to Chuck just around Christmas time of that year, and he said I passed the test. So I had John Hannum, the mobility specialist at the time who worked for DVI. We came down on a Thursday I don't remember exactly what the date was, but I came down on a Thursday and I took a tour of the radio station. Chuck walked me through the studios and the first uh, DJ who I met here at WVD was Shay Michael Foster. Ah. I love Michael Foster. He's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I met Brian Warner, uh, who was a student at the time. And he was one of the first shows that I really liked uh, listening to because he I kind of did rock and top 40 and stuff. I think his show used to be on like Thursdays. Long story short, I, I, I did the tour and I came in on January of uh, 2001 and I did one-on-one training here in the studio and production of one studio with Dave McKenzie, our engineer. Uh, he showed me how they use the CD players and the turntables. I sat in on Mac Thomas's show, Cruising America, which he used to do on Thursday, Tuesday mornings just to get the feel of uh, what it was like. I ended up doing my show on June 1st. Chuck sat in on the show with me. I, I did that show, and then I was off for a couple of weeks, and I came back on a Wednesday, Wednesday the 27th, and I've been on ever since. I have done other shows as a fill-in. First show I ever subbed for was Mark Taylor's show back when he used to do the Thursday morning Roots show, 
And I had not even been a year yet here. I think it was in the fall of 2001 when I filled in for him. Of course, I was a little nervous about that. But what I did is like when I do my show, I bring in my own material. So I played uh, during his show because it was folk music. I did a lot of rock and roll that kind of had a folk style to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got compliments. People called in. They liked uh, what I was doing. And, you know, and I, I thank Mark for that. I had filled in for the morning show for a while, Java time, a, f- a couple times. Mark Ellis asked me if I could do it as a fill-in because he was the uh, head of the morning shows. And I thanked him for the opportunity. But it got to the point where I had to stop doing it because I was afraid of coming in late. Uh, because I come here uh, by Dart Paratransit. Uh, they pick me up at home. And uh, in order to do the Java Time show, you had to be here by 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, And a lot of people don't know, but I plan my own show at home. And at the time when I was doing the Java Time show as a fill-in, uh, we had traffic reports. And I had to set my time around our traffic report and when we did the news. And that that's because, I, I assume, because you... You plan out the times, the times of the records and stuff to come out. Yeah, my CDs and stuff, and because I don't want to have to start a song when I know it's near time to do traffic and stuff. If because I wanted to try the sound is, I guess you could say, as professional as possible. You know. Sure. No, I I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, I've watched you do your show, and it's uh, uh, it's it's pretty amazing there that you uh, you know, you you'll put the CD in the player and and play a couple cuts on cue. Well, I should explain to the audience we have with what's called a cue here, which is you can play things for yourself that won't be heard on the air. And then once you establish what you want to play, then you... Yeah, and you make sure you're on the right track since I can't right. read the display screens. You know, Dave showed me how to do that in training, and he also showed me how to cue up records because sometimes I will bring in vinyl. And what I usually do is I'll play albums. I don't really have a lot of 45s. I have a few, but most of my stuff is on vinyl and CDs. And how do you cue an, an, an album? Well, usually, you know, I prep, like I said, at home. I get an idea where the songs are and then, you know, listen to it in cue uh, to make sure I'm in the right area. And Dave showed me how to set up the record to when I'm near the song, you know, how you start it, you stop it. Back it up. Yeah, and then you back it up. And he showed me how to do it kind of like put my hand at the top of the record, like at what the clock would be 12 o'clock, bring it down to 9 o'clock, and then down to 6 o'clock. So that's the best way that he could explain to me how to um, set up a record. Dave McKenzie, our engineer, who does a great job down here and has taught many of us to do many different things, like taught me how to work on this crazy machine that I'm working on right now, interviewing you. I was noticing, too, that uh, you had, we had had a discussion a couple of weeks ago, but you mentioned that we have computers here in, the other, in, the other, in our main studio, and we have a whole library of music on the computer, which are there for us to use if we want to. And you were saying... It's, it's not set up for visually impaired persons. So uh, Yeah, somebody who's visually impaired or blind, like me being, like I said, I am a Braille reader. Mm-hmm. Um, in order for me to use a computer, I was taught a little bit. I still don't know a whole lot. I'm still working on learning things on my iPhone that I have with the voiceover in the Siri, which um, reads what's on the screen and stuff. If I was being paid working in a commercial radio station, what would have to happen is the computer system, in some cases, it would have to be used with a speech device, which is called JAWS. Now, JAWS does read what's on the screen. It does not read graphics, pictures, just um, words and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'd have to, uh, trust me, I would love to use that computer over there if I could, because we got a lot of things I don't have. 
in order for me to have to use those things, I'd have to have the JAWS set up to work. And it would be difficult to do here because you have to find a way to make it work too technical for me to get into um, right. to where the JAWS would work so it would not go over the air. I have a friend in Louisville, Kentucky, who does an internet radio show from his home. Now, he does have it set up with the JAWS. The JAWS does not go over the air, but when his mic is open and he's talking, uh, you can hear the JAWS in the background. So, but um, it's just too technical to get into. But sure. um, that's, I, you know, like I said, if I could use it, I'd love to, but I'd love what I'm doing now. I'm glad I'm doing what I'm doing here at WVD because I'd love to share my love of music. I love interacting with our listeners. Uh, I learn a lot from them as well as my family and friends and you guys here. And, you know, I've been here since 2001, about 18 plus years now. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning about the radio station. There's just so much opportunities here with all types of music and stuff. And who has the time to listen to it all? But when you can listen, it's just a neat experience to listen to all the different types of music. And yeah. and a lot of people, you know, like Mark Taylor had asked me, you know, he, he's, he's really amazed. And a lot of people are amazed at how much time I put in putting my show together. You know, because I like to plan things out in advance and... Like I said, I do, you know, some shows I just play some things I haven't heard in a long time or I know people like. Uh, I do birthday salutes. I do anniversaries of certain albums and things. And being it's a two-hour show, it takes me a half a day, if not sometimes longer, sometimes quicker. Depends on what I come up with and things, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the challenge. It's great you've been doing it for I, so I don't long. like just throwing things together and say, okay, that's – 20 songs or whatever, 24 songs or whatever I play, you know, depending on how long a certain song is. Um, I don't want them too short because then, you know, I'm in the process of queuing something else up. And before you know it, sometimes this song will be just about over. And, you know. Oh, yes, I do know. (laughs) So, like I said, growing up, listening to radio back in the 70s and stuff and even listening to some of the oldies, you know, and and I love the 50s and 60s. And a lot of those songs back then were two, two and a half minutes long. Sure. And I don't know how DJs did it back then, but back then it was just all 45s. Yeah, they just had a box of 45s right there by them. Oh, I always say that Fats Domino, a lot of his big hits were like a minute and 56 or something. They didn't even break two minutes. It was insane. Is there anything you want to say or or any area that we haven't covered? Well, all I can say is, you know, I, I want to thank the folks here at WVD for giving me the opportunity to come on to this radio station. I think it's a great uh, place to be. And being that, you know, I plan my own show and stuff, I, I love doing that. I also encourage, and I've had, had students come in um, who had other types of handicaps. And, you know, if you are blind or visually impaired, uh, don't be afraid to try to get in the radio. There's a guy I'd like to meet. I don't know him, but he is a blind DJ in Philadelphia. Uh, I've, I know, I believe he co-hosts a show with somebody at one of the R&B radio stations. And um, uh-huh. if there's anybody with his disabilities, don't be discouraged. You can try to get in touch with your cal- um, counselors and things like that. And if you're somebody who works here at the University of Delaware, I've had them, um, had some students come in with disabilities, just to see how I do my show. Um, It's a great experience. Our guest today has been Ken Galvin from the Classic Rock Cafe on Wednesday afternoons. Ken, thanks so much for coming down. Thanks for having me on. All right, great. You've been listening to Disc Jockey Confidential here on WVUD. 
These shows are part of longer interviews I conducted over the past few years, so some of the times and dates mentioned are not current. I hope to have the complete interviews available as podcasts in the near future. Tune in next Monday at 8.30 a.m. for another edition of Disc Jockey Confidential. Has your show changed much since you started? Was it? I don't think it has changed a whole lot. You know, I just like to try to add more variety as I go along. I like to even try to mix some of their newer music with the older stuff. And a lot of the newer stuff that I would play, you would not hear on a regular classic rock station. So I don't think mm-hmm. it has changed a whole lot. I, As time goes on, I like to try to keep my older stuff, but also try to mix in some of the newer stuff as well. But not a lot of it, but just, you know, sprinkle it out throughout the hours for the two-hour show. I love what you play on Saturday nights, for those who know. Jerry does 6 to 8, mm-hmm. uh, Hit City Part 2. You've been doing that show for a long time, and I've called your show many a times. And, uh, you know, I love a lot of stuff that we play here on WVD. Yeah, it's it's broadened my uh, my palate since I've been here. It's great. Plus, I've heard you on Sundays because we do a show called The Sunday Morning After on Sundays from 9 to noon, and we have various DJs on Sunday, and I know you and your wife has been on here from time to time. Right. And you play a little bit of different things than what you normally play on your Saturday show, which it's a neat thing because when I did the Java Time Morning Show, I played a lot of rock stuff, but I also got into some more um, some top 40 because uh, I do like some top 40 stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some lighter rock and things like that with a little touch of pop. But um, that's the neat thing about doing other people's shows sometimes. 